0: I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is
1: Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. Okay, today's letter is from Rachel. Hi, Rachel. I really love Rachel, so I'm really excited to hear today. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, hi, Jen. Hi, Sarah. First of all, thank you for all you do. I'm selfishly so, so glad that you're back from the haters as I miss this podcast so much. Aww. Okay now on to my question. I'm a brand designer and also a very techie geek. I also have a chronic illness and have burned out badly twice in the past few years the last of which took me over a year to fully get over and I say that loosely as I'm still struggling with some of the repercussions of it. As a way of being able to get more recurring income I decided to start offering more retainer services so that it would free me up more time to work on my own projects like courses and digital products to serve my audience that are at a more of a DIY level. I've done really well at this and now have a great amount of retainer clients, however that's left me with very little time to fit in my big branding projects alongside it, Part of me feels like it's only possible to make the big bucks with my larger projects like this, more so than my retainer income, and I feel like I'm only going to be able to hit a certain income level with them. How do I decide where to focus my energy the most and figure out what I really want to do with my business? I'm seven years into this journey and I feel like I should have it all figured out. I feel a little, okay, a lot stuck between finding the right way forward where I get to work on everything I want to without burning out again. Grateful for all your thoughts. Gosh, there's so many strands to that, aren't there? The reason I was really excited about this question is because I think in our own ways, we kind of can relate. Mm-hmm. You know, Rachel's seven years into this, we're both like five years into ours. You kind of get, you're asking different questions at this level of business. You're no longer asking, how do I find my first clients or like, how do I build a website? You're asking, how do I take this thing I've built and actually make it work? me and what the hell do I actually want to do with it next yeah like what's the bigger plan here because you've kind of ticked a lot of the boxes up by this stage so it's time to make new boxes also I know as someone who does predominantly client work you stop asking the question of where do I find the clients you leave that kind of scarcity mindset and then you get to a place of how do I make client work actually work best for me yeah so that you don't just feel like a hamster on a wheel And you tend to get to a point in business where you're like, I love doing client work, I find fulfillment in it, but I want to do more. I want to create things that I'm excited about, I want to be able to... Because you can't increase your income past a certain point with client work. So if you want to increase your income, you have to create one to many products. Yeah. Because there's only a limit of how much you can raise your prices to. And so you get to this level where you want to be doing more things and you want the client work to be as stable as possible... But then you burn out and you get tired because you do not be in business for seven years like Rachel has and not burn out. And have a chronic health
0: condition as well.
1: It's a whole machine to be working with. And it's very big questions about where to focus. your energy. I know for you, I feel like you're in like a big transition year work-wise in terms of because you took a big break.
0: Yeah, and I needed that break to find some clarity and to figure out that direction. I couldn't do it whilst I was kind of mired in the day-to-day business
1: of running my business I needed some perspective yeah and for someone like Rachel I kind of because when you've got client work you can't you usually can't do that you have to like stay in the client work the question that I find the most helpful is I think I said this in the last episode we just recorded is like where do I want to be three to five years from now like Mm. how do I want my days to feel and usually you have to take tiny steps to get there like Rachel's big question here is like how does she decide where to focus her energy but the question I'd actually get her to ask herself, it's like, how do I want my work and life to feel? Then what, where do I focus my energy to make that possible? So to work it backwards and let that inform the decisions that she then makes. How do you now make decisions about what steps to take next in your business? It's all about passion and excitement Mm. and that feeling. You get really good at
0: figuring out where that feeling's coming from and how to chase it. And I guess like, to someone who's in that early stage of struggle in a business this must sound like the most tremendous luxury yeah like oh what a problem to have but it is still a really essential and integral problem for your business like if you don't figure the answers to these things out you dry up and you burn out and there's nowhere left to go and that is why you will sometimes see like people build a business to this point and then they just leave and they just disappear and go and kind of leave it all behind because you need to stay connected to your passion and to your drive and kind of keep evolving alongside it
1: well it's really interesting I remember having this conversation with a good friend of mine Kat from Gator Web and if any of you are looking for branding and website design I'm going to put both Rachel and Kat in the show notes because they have really different styles but they're both amazing at what they do and we we had this conversation that it's really funny when you start a client-based business for the first few years it's just about getting the clients in the door Mm. it's just about making to see this is sustainable and the thing you don't realize is that one day you wake up and you realize that you have a beast to run you've got (laughs) many people who you are delivering a service to and you've got to book up the next calendar and you've got to have all these moving pieces and you just then feel like you can't breathe for a minute because you're like oh well I have a business now like a real solid business where people are wanting expecting things from you because they've paid me good money to deliver that yeah it's a whole other like ball game and it's a privilege to get to this point because it's damn hard to build it But then you're like, okay, what the hell do I do next? Because you also, most of us get to a point where we burn out and we're like, I cannot go at a certain pace for much longer. Yes. And
0: also I think to a certain point, the roadmap in front of you kind of unfolds itself. So you take the next step and then the next step becomes apparent. And then you reach this level in your business where there's no obvious steps Mm -hmm. anymore. Like it's completely open. It's completely up to you. And that's exhilarating. But it's also kind of paralyzing because... Because it's not a muscle that we've had to
1: stretch yet in our business necessarily. Yeah, I actually feel like I'm there right now in my business. Like I'm five years into it. I work with amazing clients. You know, I've been consistently booked out for such a long, long time. And I'm slowly asking myself the question of like, not what's next, because whatever's next is an extension of what I've built, but more the question of what do I want? And it's really interesting because the it sometimes can feel like there's only a few options mm. like okay you either raise your prices or you take on different types of clients or you create these products and you do all these things and I think the thing I find most helpful is to like ignore what everyone else is modeling to me as the options are and to go yeah. really deep into myself and I ask myself like what have these past for Rachel these past seven years for me the past five years what have they taught me what have I found joyful? What have I found stressful? Also, how have I changed? Because I'm not the same person I was five years ago. My needs and my desires have changed. And the hard moments have taught me the biggest lessons of all. And so I'm curious for Rachel, like, what do you actually want next? Because you have the privilege of having a business that's letting you do what you want to do next. So it's, and for you just to, it's not about doing what's right next, it's about doing what you want to do next. So that this stays something that brings joy and meaning and purpose to your life and pays the bills too.
0: I find it really inspiring actually, Jen, that you have a really good connection to this sense within yourself. Like sometimes you'll text me about things that you're you've been offered or you're considering and I'll be like well it sounds amazing you should do it and you'll think on it and you come back and you go no I realized it wasn't right for me I don't know if you give yourself enough credit for that because it's a really hard skill to not be swayed by things like the numbers the money the status what everyone else is doing, traditional definitions of success, like that is all noise that we are competing with constantly to stay connected to what's the right path for us.
1: I wrote a weekly letter recently, which is like the biggest lessons I've, like five lessons I've learned from the past five years of coaching. I'll put the link in the show notes because I put it in a blog post as well. And one of the takeaways is that redefining success is the thing that I've seen that makes all the difference to being able to build a business and a life Mm. that makes you happy. Because until you redefine success even if your own version is close to what everyone else's version is until you've actually gone on the journey of redefining that for yourself you are striving all you are doing is trying to strive 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 and you get to live when you're living from your own value system like for example earlier this year I wrote about this I was contacted by a literary agent who was interested in me writing a book she had an idea for a book it was around a topic that I've explored a lot in my work and I walked away from it this opportunity to come up with a book idea and go and take it out to publishers and everyone thought it was crazy <laughs> but it's really interesting get heading to the end the reason I walked away from it was for following reasons it was a bit of that's not where I want to put my energy in my work and number two I don't want to play that game of packaging an idea up in a way that makes publishers happy and then playing mm-hmm. the publishing game I just didn't want to do it with that idea and I, I'm ending this year and it's really funny I forgot about that whole experience and I thought about it the other day and I was like oh my god I'm so glad I did not put my energy there even though it's a shiny sexy thing to do
0: and you'd I think, still be on
1: that treadmill right now you wouldn't be done and all the things that have brought actual meaning and joy to my life wouldn't have happened and I think this is coming down to knowing what it is you really want and really what it is we really want if it's if the answer ever is I want more success I want more accolades I want more validation we gotta go deeper than that because I don't think that's rooted in any truth. I think what we if what we want isn't more about how we feel and experience our life or the impact we wanna have in the world. Because if what someone wants is to reach more people because they actually wanna have more impact with their message, that's not chasing the wrong thing. But I think if the only thing we say is like, oh, I want more success, it's like, mm. what does that mean? So I think figuring out what it is you really want and what you're really craving on a truly deep level in conversation with yourself, that tells you where to put your energy. And sometimes it's a practical thing. So say, for example, someone was at a certain point in their business was like, I just want more financial stability. Yeah. That's going to tell you that to put your energy into building more financially stable income streams. But if someone says to themselves, "I like you were saying, I want more passion, I want more joy, that tells you follow your curiosity and trust it. Like our desires tell us where to go i think a lot of the time and, and also on actual needs like if you need more financial stability that's going to tell you where to go if you need more space that's going to tell you where to go yeah and it is then so much easier to take action on those things that
0: you've decided to do when it's coming from that place of you you genuinely chose it and you genuinely want it and i think one of the things that means people stagnate sometimes or procrastinate is when they get stuck in, I should be doing this. This is what I should be doing next in my business. I should be making more money. But if you don't actually need it or want it, then of course you're not going to actually be motivated <laughs> to do the work.
1: It's really funny with my clients, we do this thing a lot of the time where if they say the sentence, well, I should, we go, oh wait, no. How do you rephrase that? Because anything that's said I should do it is coming from the wrong place. Mm. Also, the thing I'm realizing is when you've been in business for a long time and you've seen what's working and what doesn't work, you get really afraid to stop doing the thing that's working. Yeah. So for example, for you, the Insta retreat is what's working. Yeah. Someone could say, hey, Sarah, double down on Instagram. You don't want to do that. Yeah. So you're now launching this amazing course, 15 Minute Magic, Link is in the show notes, <laughs> that's all about productivity and taking action on a wider way in your business. Rachel, for example, is saying that retainer income is working for her, but there's some caveats here because it's not making her as much money as a bigger project could. Uh-huh. So just because it has worked or could work, maybe it's still not the very best way for us to run our businesses. I think it's questioning all statements of fact in our work so we can get clear on what's true moving forward. Yeah,
0: because of course, we're like, we want to stick with what's safe. That's so human, isn't it? That that what we've done before, the tried and tested feels more comfortable. But comfort isn't how we achieve the stuff we're meant to achieve. Like discomfort is the way we get to where we need to be.
1: And I also realised, I had this big realisation this year in my business, in the beginning you're just so grateful to pay the bills, you're just so grateful to just stay afloat yeah. and you kind of are in survival mode, so you're in this mode where you're just like, I just got to keep paying the bills and keeping everyone happy and making it work and I think somewhere for some, I think maybe four, five, six, like year four, five, six or seven, you get to a place where that's no longer true but it's a big journey to go on to move out of survival mode into the next stage. And I, this year, I had a moment where I was like, Jen, you cannot make decisions from just wanting to survive anymore. Because then you will just stay in a circle of surviving. Yeah. You, What if you trusted what you've built, and then you make decisions more from a place of intention, from the vision for what comes next? It was, it's really scary to do that. So you know, like for you, survival mode for you would be just keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah. But you then feel like you can't breathe when you're doing that.
0: And it's not sustainable, is it? Because... Like We're humans. We need novelty and interest and curiosity to follow in order to stay actively engaged with what we're doing. And I think that is when you see people either fall out of love with what they're doing or just stagnate, like some of those big high street businesses that are drying up because they've they've just kept doing what's safe and what they've always done and it's meant that they've been
1: left behind and I think as a business if we don't get out of the survival and I guess for I'm I'm saying this to Rachel but also for anyone listening who's in a similar place where you've got a business and it's paying the bills but you're kind of figuring out where to put your focus and energy next are you currently asking yourself that question from the place of feeling like you have to make survival decisions yeah when maybe your business is stable enough for you to make bigger braver decisions than that from a place of wanting more than just to survive
0: and it's not like it's an all or nothing you don't have to sweep the table clean in
1: one of those like dramatic
0: burn it all down yeah you just get to go okay it's time for a change it's time to introduce something new and like so in rachel's case those retainer contracts could still have a place but she can slowly start to maybe Transition to shifting that work model to have more space
1: for what she needs? So I think at this point, for anyone who can relate to Rachel's question, for Rachel as well, I think there's two things to do here. I think there's deep dive into yourself and then a level of experimentation or exploration. But I think the deep dive is first ask yourself, are there any stories that you're telling yourself in your business right now about what's possible or about what has to happen that you can question? Mm. Like what if Rachel's saying to herself, oh, retainer clients so are the only way you can have stable income or big clients are the only way you can make yeah. a decent income or I will burn out if I do this or I will burn out or do that. Also, because you've got many years in the business, you've learned some key lessons, especially around your capacity. If you've burnt out like Rachel has and it took her a year to overcome that, she knows her limit. Mm-hmm. Honor that more than anything else because... We spoke about this in our previous episode about burnout. Like once you've gone that far, you should never have to go that far again to learn what your limits are. So I think Rachel here, the biggest gift she's really been given out of all that hard moments is she knows her limits. So whatever she does next, she knows what what parameters to play within. But I'm curious for her if she just needs to open one bigger window into the possibilities for herself. I mean, we talked about this a bit, didn't we, in the previous episode about
0: when you're constantly just firefighting, there's no time for that kind of big picture planning. And I think that this is maybe something similar where if you're constantly responding to what's urgent mm-hmm. and you're constantly going, okay, well, these projects have come in, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. You've got no time to think about what's important. Yeah. And that's a really common thing. Like so many of us do it with our to-do list. You you hit what's urgent instead of what's important. But the important stuff is the thing that takes you in the direction that you deep down you already know you want to be going in like what matters to you most on that list of things you could do today
1: yeah And I know because I know the bigger question that Rachel asked is like well, how do we decide where to focus our energy and I think when you are no longer when you're seven years into this and you're no longer putting fires out if you're not asking yourself what do I need from mm-hmm. this moving forward we're not going to make it do you know what I mean yeah like if I'm not asking my like as we're heading into the end of this year and heading into not just a new year but a new decade which I think is I know it's cliche but I think it's poignant in kind of like I think there's something I found it very interesting being oh my god I'm going into a new decade of my life let's be intentional with it I think the question I'm letting guide me is how do I want to feel because I don't need to worry about bottom line business decisions anymore it's paying the bills and then some. so whatever happens I should hopefully still be able to pay the bills (laughs) and you've kind of learned what works and what doesn't and you've learned your your capacity to do scary things as well yeah so I feel like for Rachel what if you ask yourself what the hell do you want next because you've paid your dues in a little bit of a way Mm -hmm. You've, you've built your business what do you want next and the scariest question I think to ever ask any of ourselves is like if anything is possible if we couldn't fail what would we do yeah that tells us something about the deepest desires within us I think and I think even though it's hard to name that sometimes or even to think that that's possible it kind of tells you a little bit about where your energy is pulling you and I'm I'm curious for Rachel if she could make her business work for her in any way what would that look like and then is she maybe telling herself that that's not possible and why is it not possible there's so much mindset stuff in there isn't there
0: and I think sometimes that can sound a bit woo woo a bit fluffy but it is about kind of if you see what your impossible goal is we do this in the Insta retreat. like the first thing we all do is say like what our big scary ridiculous dream is and i think we're quite good at acknowledging what that is when we start something but it's harder to remind yourself and, and re-envision mm-hmm. it from this later stage like what is it still the same big dream or is it a different big dream you can tell i've been listening to brooke asia she talks about the impossible goals that she mm-hmm. makes people set and they're like they're meant to be impossible so they're like i'm gonna make a million pounds this year. And the reason that you do that is exactly what you said, that it kind of, it swings your compass around so that you're pointing in the direction of the goal that you actually want. And maybe you
1: won't reach all the way to the end, but you're going in the right direction again. Something that's cracked me open a little bit this year is realizing that the path is bigger than the one I've already walked. And what I mean by that is, I don't think this is even going to be relevant to Rachel, but I feel like I want to say if anyone else it's relevant to kind of who's at this four, five, six, seven year mark, is I'm like, it doesn't just have to be the only thing you do is a growth on the thing you've already built Mm -hmm. when you get to a certain place where you have a certain amount of freedom or autonomy in your work you can do anything you want to do and I The minute I cracked it open and I was like, so like recently, I'm not like plugging my own (laughs) crap, but recently I started a new little project called Build a Better Day. I was just going to mention this, yeah. And it's like, it doesn't actually make much business sense, but I just had an idea to do this thing and I put it out there. I don't think a year ago, I would have let myself do something unless I understood why I was doing it. And it had some sort of impact on your bottom line. But now I'm just like, my energy is pulling me there. I'm just going to do it and I'm going to enjoy the process and it's put new life into me. When I think about, like my impossible dreams for the future, none of them actually have anything to do with my business. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, like my business, I just want to keep, like my business is all about my work with my clients. I just want to keep doing that. Your business and just facilitates the stuff that you do. I just want to keep do. doing that meaningful work. But when I think about my impossible goals, I'm like, oh, I want to write a book, like a novel. I maybe want to re- open a brick and mortar project one day. Like I, when I, I guess what I'm saying here is that you get to a certain stage in your business where you get to dream more nuanced crazy dreams. I don't know I just had to learn this year that I have permission for my business not to be my only dream. Does that make any sense? Yeah yeah that's so true because It's
0: all consuming for those Mm. first few years. For most people, like you're not doing something wrong if it's not. But for most people, it is like there's no space left to dream for anything else. And I always think like, what is it you wish for when you blow out the birthday candle? Mm. Or eat the first mince pie of Christmas, you get one then. I'm quite good at knowing when you get your wishes. What is it you wish for? And for those years, a lot of the time, we're wishing for success or wishing for an attainable Mm. goal. And then after
1: that period... What do you wish is evolving to? And also enjoying what you've built. I got to this place at the moment where I was like, you can just enjoy this. You can just wake up every day and just enjoy this thing that you worked really hard to build for yourself. It doesn't need you to be pushing it so hard. You can just breathe in it a little bit and enjoy what you've built. I think something that's really interesting that I learned from kind of watching you and talking to you, not like watching you through the window. (laughs) It's you. You get energy in your business And you take action without thinking like 10 steps ahead. Yeah. Like you have an idea and you go for it and you put it out there and you, you learn and grow and become in the doing. And I think for anyone listening to this, who's kind of at a stage in the business where they're like, oh, where do I put my focus next, what do I try next? Sometimes it's just because your business is stable, you have permission just to put your energy out there. Just do it. Yeah. And I think one
0: of the key things to doing that and enjoying that is you've got to not let it be about success or failure Mm. like it's all just data and learning and and experience and you're figuring stuff out and yes obviously like I'm launching this new program and I really hope it helps people but I was just saying to Jen earlier like if the course isn't the right incarnation for it maybe I'll turn it into a book instead or like I am open to it going in whatever direction it needs to and I've got enough experience and enough evidence of past success to know it's not about me it's not about my capacity or skill as a business person it is just
1: about playing and trying and having fun I've been really thinking recently like we have to allow ourselves to think bigger and I don't, I think we've told ourselves this lie as a society and especially as like a business community that thinking bigger is about numbers mm-hmm. that oh like let yourself earn more or let yourself achieve more and that's all relevant and good but I actually think it's, I've been thinking a lot about how it's thinking bigger in terms of what we allow to be possible for ourselves and what, how we allow ourselves to like honour all the different sides of ourselves because what Rachel's really asking here is like how does she figure out what she really wants to do next and maybe part of that is allowing herself to look with a bigger lens of what's possible for her.
0: I still feel like there is more shame in saying, I want to be able to take more time off Mm. than
1: there is in saying, I want to make a million pounds. Well, it's really interesting. This is going to sound really weird, but my biggest goal for next year is to earn less money. Yeah. Which is a really funny way of looking at it. And that sounds a bit weird because I'm not like rolling in cash, but I kind of want a little bit more space next year so I'm going to take on a few less clients I'm not going to do that by making up that income I'm just going to be like take on a few less clients so that I can have a I'm because I've been doing a lot of client work for a long time you have and I'm not taking on client work is still going to be my number one thing in my business I'm just gonna give myself a tiny bit of breathing room just to see what that makes possible in terms of other ways I can be of service to my community and just other ways I can enjoy my life and just I'm just following a gut instinct really and it's really interesting to go into a new year with your intention being less like it's really weird you know like everyone picks a word for the year yeah I've been like okay what's my word for 2020 and I don't think this is the right word but the word that keeps coming to mind is less like I want less spending I want less shopping I want less consuming I want less of I want less of the things that don't matter, and more just like breathing and living and I guess why I'm saying all this is because you're so right. we praise big, scary, dreamy, big goals, but sometimes when you get to a certain place i don't know I don't know if you if we maybe think of these things differently because I would say that I have like the least amount of ambition than I thought <laughs> I think most people do, but I feel like I got to a place in my business where I've achieved things that are not big in anyone else's estimations, but are huge to me like I didn't know yeah. I'd be here five years ago it's taught me that success doesn't really matter to me mm-hmm. it's like oh I don't need anything to prove that I'm a worthwhile human being I'm just so grateful I can pay the bills and do work that I love and when you get past the pursuit of success then you have a more interesting quest like then you're like maybe I'm looking for fulfillment or meaning or joy I, I don't know I'm as you can all tell by listening I'm going on a bit of a journey at the moment Well,
0: but then there's so little resources and help out there for that Mm. because you're right like there's so much stuff about changing money mindset and like embracing pursuing success and removing shame around wanting to be successful but there's not a lot about what to do if you don't want success or like if success just
1: isn't your motivator well I think success is a social construct yeah like success is wildly different if you're someone who doesn't have money responsibilities because maybe you've got a partner who makes a lot of money or you've got a trust fund success to you isn't probably going to be i need to make a lot of money do you know what i mean like if Mm -hmm. you're someone who like me and sarah are the breadwinners in our marriages we don't make money because we want to feel like mrs ladybugs we make money because we have (laughs) sarah's like looking at me like (laughs) who's mrs (laughs) ladybugs But we need money because you've got families to provide for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I guess if we're going on, I'm taking I'm like, I feel like it's, it's gone really dark outside because it's the winter and I'm just going on this big tangent. I'm enjoying it. But I guess what I'm saying for Rachel and anyone else listening who's at that stage of what do they really want and what's next, I'm learning to ask myself better questions. I'm learning to ask myself what makes me happy? What do I need? What will bring me joy? What do I really want? Instead of asking myself well, what, what should I do next? Do you know what I mean? Because if I, if, if, what should I do next? People be like, just scale it, grow it, go bigger, go yeah, harder. That yeah. sounds exhausting.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a very capitalist idea of, of what you can do. And it doesn't, uh, doesn't really leave space for any of the other options.
1: What is fueling you right now in terms of figuring out where to go next with your work? What are the questions or motivations or energy? Oh, I guess for me, it really starts with like, what do I
0: think I can offer that will be valuable, like Mm. actually genuinely help people? And I'm also always really keen to be like, what can I do that's completely different? Mm. That matters to me, like
1: I want to be in my own little corner, doing my own little thing. Yeah, it's like your satisfaction comes from knowing that your work matters and knowing that it, only you could have brought that to life. Yeah. and I think that's the same for everyone, right? We want that satisfaction of we all want to self-actualize, right? Right. Like we're reaching our potential in whatever way that looks like. And, and I think that's a, it's really interesting that the words that didn't come out of your mouth was like, I want to be more successful or I want to make more money or I want to, <laughs> yeah. it's all about the internal journey, right? Completely, completely. And if,
0: you know, there's plenty of easier ways I could just make more money and be more successful
1: next year but my god just thinking about it makes me want to go for a nap <laughs> I guess what we're really taking away here for anyone asking that question of what directions are going next with their work is that maybe we should ask different questions right ask the uncomfortable questions ask the questions that nobody else has ever asked you you know that Tara Moore exercise where she gets you to talk to you in a mentor yeah I've never been able to do it successfully but I kind of have adapted it to like a mini in a mentor and what I do is like I just I try and picture my life five years from now like the most joyful but realistic image because like, I could picture myself living on like a little rainbow but that's not going to happen but like I close my eyes and I try and pitch like a realistic expansion of where my life is now And that is the most clarifying moment for me. Like I'm like, I close my eyes and I see this version of me who like hopefully has a family and still has dogs and cats and like lives near my family and my friends. But my life is simple. That's the thing that comes to my mind. Like my life is simple but meaningful. And when that feeling came to mind, I'm like, that is my North Star. So I guess for anyone listening, just take a moment to close your eyes and like just try and, and and if you don't have access to it. Just keep trying to go there.
0: Yeah, then, and I there's mean? different
1: ways in. Like I think that's really important that the tarot, more kind of
0: guided visualization, be for some people will be perfect. Some of the people might need to like write a letter from yeah, their future yeah. self to now, or Create a Pinterest board of what sparks. Yeah, like figure out what makes that feel real and accessible to you. Again, I know it sounds kind of fluffy, but actually, like it's it's really valuable because again, it's about seeing where you're headed. And because you kind of give it a personality, there's a person there, you can ask questions of yourself and get answers from that future self. It's all you, but you're kind of uncovering things that you maybe haven't realized yet in the current version of yourself.
1: Yeah. And I guess with all this fluffy stuff and like feeling stuff, there's also something like I think the practical side of business is also important. Yes. Like I as much as I let my inner compass and my feelings guide me, I'm making very practical choices in my business in terms of just pricing, availability, structure, what I'm offering. Like I'm being very intentional with the pieces where I need to be intentional so that I can be very explorative in the emotional side of things. Does that make sense? Right, that's a really important point to make, actually, because if you were
0: like the direction that I want to go in is joy,
1: (laughs) and then I was like, I'm just going to follow the rainbow. (laughs) I'm just going to go out every day and look at the clouds. (laughs) You'd be out on the street very quickly. And I think for Rachel, she's acting, but she's asking practical questions that probably need that need both an emotional and a practical guidance for her. Like, where does she go next with her business? It's both what does she want and what does she need, Mm. and and I think that can only be made very personally. My biggest advice for anyone listening is don't let that decision be guided by anyone else's version of that truth. Right. If I find people whose like message and approach to life really resonates with me, I call them my lighthouses and I go back to them when I feel a little lost. Because sometimes hearing someone else live their life with a similar energy that I want to live mine with, it reminds me that it's possible. Yeah. And it's hard if there's not many role
0: models for what you want or they're not very visible. Mm-hmm. It can be kind of quite a big job to hunt them down but when you do make sure you hold on to them because they're a treasure
1: yeah and and you don't have to go over this alone there's books you can buy like you can there's courses you can invest in like i've just invested in this is not sponsored by the way <laughs> but i texted you about it the other day i got this um i signed up for like a skillshare trial yeah. and miralee patel whose work is one of my favorites she's got this beautiful class which is like drawing for self-discovery i actually think for, like anyone listening to this is even sure of like what they want it's a beautiful I'll put a link in the show notes yeah. so you can sign up for the free trial because it makes you kind of explore your inner world in an artistic way even if you're not super artistic i can't draw for my life like all (laughs) the draws better than me but there's something about getting out your head and into your body yes there really is so that's why journaling is really impactful like you do morning pages right right
0: yeah and we've just had the month as we're recording this we've just had the month of morning pages with like 800 of us doing it every day and it's that same thing there is some sort of magic in Mm. like the kinetic process of getting something onto a page and out of your head I'm someone who I tend to skip it. You know, like if a book's got exercises and you're meant to yeah. write things, I'm
1: like, well, I'll just think about it. That's the same, but it's, it's not the not same. The same. No. It's not. So I guess with Rachel and anyone else listening in a similar position, it's both maybe revisiting her business model and being brave enough to tell herself what it is she really wants, but also asking a bigger question of how does she want to experience her life and how does her business fit into that? And I think when we let them live holistically alongside each other, that's when good stuff happens. When we ask ourselves, because our business is part of our life, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's all kind of symbiotic. I guess this is both, like we said, an existential and a practical question, but I guess... I think if anyone listening you are not alone in trying to figure these questions out and you never really figure it out you're just always in conversation with yourself we're both figuring our businesses out and where we want to go next in like wildly different ways at the moment I would say
0: totally yeah there's um a Carrie Fisher quote that I pull out all the time and it's basically she says there's never a point in life where you get to go that's it I'm a success now and Mm -hmm. go and take a nap that just never happens and I think that's That's the truth around business, around happiness, about marriage just everything I've
1: come across in life the other thing that Rachel said is that she wants to work on everything and she knows that she can't and that is like the ultimate frustration of being a human in the world I find like there's so much I would do if I had the time to do it and us like Rachel lives with chronic illnesses so we have even less I mean that's not true because I think you could have perfect health but five kids to raise and you're probably just none of us have unlimited time and we all have things in our life that ask of our time that are essential so we're all battling the same battle, just in different with different weapons. <laughs> where am I going with this metaphor? But I guess what I'm saying is being at peace with the fact that we can't do everything now. So I just try and be really. I get to try and get actually really practical in this moment. I'm like, what's the most? What makes the most sense for me to prioritize in this season? Yeah. But also, what do I need to prioritize so that I can actually enjoy this season? It's like where do they intersect, right? Yeah, not just. Not
0: just focusing on one or the other because then you're going to miss out.
1: Yeah, you'll either be on the streets or so burned out. Like, you'll be on <laughs> an extreme.
0: And there is something like having a chronic illness is a very particular way of being forced to modulate. Of being forced to not have space for everything in your life. Like... There are so many times when my brain is still ready to go. My body says no. Yeah. And it is really, really frustrating. It's I think you feel it more keenly, perhaps, if you're facing that situation than when you're busy running around after different kids, because at least in that, you're distracted. So I do like for anyone listening with a chronic health condition, both Jen and I know how that feels in the day to day. But, you know, if your mind is still ready to go and your body isn't, then use that. Like, that is the time to be asking these questions. That's the time to be doing this thinking and planning so that when your body is able to take you to the desk and get you back to work, mm-hmm. you are ready in your mindset to
1: make the most of it. And if we can't do everything, then let's make sure the things we do put on our plate make sense. Yeah. And that they make, they feel expansive not that they're closing in on us. I think that's always the thing I'm trying to ask myself when I'm making any decision in my business like is this helping me feel expansive or not? Is this helping me feel alive? I don't want to feel like a robot in my business just going through the motions and so I think for Rachel it's probably both practical questions and also figuring out what she wants and also just knowing that like we're probably going to be figuring this out until the day we retire. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Especially with how fast all these industries evolve and how quickly we as humans are kind of changing and evolving our lives. It's very unlikely that what works today is still
1: going to work 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Long. So maybe you just need to get a big piece of paper and like dream all over it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think um, you're not alone. We are all figuring this out as we go. Do you have any last... Like if you were right now struggling to figure out what you want to do next, what's the first thing you would go and do?
0: I would probably write pro con lists i love mm. a good pro con list you like go more. i am and well that's probably where the similarity ends <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think because what it's really about that pro con list doesn't tell you anything you don't already know mm. but it's making yourself be really honest with yourself and kind of calling yourself on your bullshit like anything that you're hiding from yourself comes out onto that pro con list and makes it very visually obvious what you do really want or yeah. i text you <laughs> People, uh, not everyone listening can do that, I guess. <laughs> you could give out your number.
1: <laughs> uh, I think I'm, I'm so like emotionally driven. I think I would, I think I would have that conversation about how I want to feel in my life. I'd get to the pro cons list, but I would just be like, I'm so driven by how I want to feel, which I don't know if that's good or bad, <laughs> but that's just like, I, I would probably be like, how do I want to feel? And what do I need my business like so, I think there's seasons of wanting our business to feel like energizing and exciting and like it's it's going places. Mm-hmm. I also have seasons where I'm like next year, I'm like I want this business to be simple and joyful, yeah. so that I can maybe expand more in other areas of my life not just work so I think it's also getting clear on what kind of season you're in and what you're wanting and needing in this time of our lives and I think also I think we are wired as a society to only to prioritize work above anything else and I think the biggest mistake we can make is not letting work and life exist alongside each other yeah not realizing that actually they're the same thing they're just blended especially as Rachel struggled with burnout I think lots of listeners have probably done that too I, after seasons of burnout you're so scared to get back in the arena fully that's what i've been like in the past yeah i've done way less than i'm capable of in seasons because i'm just so scared to push myself and i'm curious if rachel's in that situation right now where maybe she has got some dis- instincts on where to go next but she's scared because she's like what if i touch the fire again what if i go too far right but then i'm like but what if you now know how not to get there What if you maybe have a day where you feel exhausted and you know how to heal from that instead of having a year where you'd need to heal from that? So this is such a personal journey to go on. I think journaling can help. Diving deep can help. Dreaming big can help. Be in the conversation with yourself. Don't just... I would say to anyone listening who's trying to figure out where to go next in their business, be in conversation with yourself in your business. Don't just expect the answer to come to you. You're going to have to engage in the process of getting to that answer. So... You've heard our thoughts, but
0: both Jen and I, and I'm sure Rachel would really love to hear more from you guys about what you think on this issue. So our hashtag is Dear Hopeful Creative. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram. And it's always really great to hear your thoughts. And likewise, actually, I just want to give a shout out to the amazing people who've written us the most beautiful reviews on iTunes like, honest to goodness, it makes it all. We worthwhile. text each other. we like, like, look we at remember?
1: this one. It's so nice. It's really funny. I live in a world where I think like, my favorite content creators, I'm like, oh, they mustn't care about reviews or anything because they're too busy doing the work. And then I'm like, it means so much to know that like we're sitting in this room we don't know who's listening to this mm. and it means so much whenever we hear back from the letter writers that's my favorite yes it's just nice it's just really nice to know that if it's just playing a small part and encourage anyone listening to the show that's like the best feeling that's in the what world. it's
0: all about so thank you and thank you for listening and we'll be back in two weeks time with a new episode yeah. bye you can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and And you'll find me at jencarrington underscore. We're going to be sharing new episodes. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to
1: connect with you soon.